What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your weekly coaching podcast. We've got some great friends that are friends of the show and they're friends of yours. Go check them out at dutikbrand.com. Use the promo code Soccer Chat at checkout to get yourself a sweet discount just by using the promo code Soccer Chat. They've got amazing notebooks for you to check out. I know one of my good friends, Ben Dempsey, he's a high school coach in Kentucky, he reached out. I was like, hey, man, what's this Dutik brand stuff you talk about? I know he just checked it out. I know he ordered some stuff. And he got himself a sweet discount because he used the promo code soccer chat, just like you can at checkout whenever you're visiting, whenever you're visiting at dutikbrand.com. Shout out to our friends over at Torx, T-O-R-R-X.com, the world's greatest ball pump. You're going to love it. I think this is now 47 weeks in a row that I have said due to or, uh, Torx. You're going to love it. Make sure to check it out, T-O-R-R-X.com. And when you buy one, go on Amazon and leave them a five-star rating and reviews and let them know that your boys from Soccer Chat sent you. Also, our good friends over at Michigan Soccer Central, check them out at MI Soccer Central for the latest up-to-date news in all things amateur soccer in Michigan and some pro things as well. They do some great things for the game and as well as they just started recently doing some sessions virtually for coaches for coaches education make sure to go check it out at mi soccer central on twitter i'm getting tongue-tied but it's okay because it is wednesday it is thursday when you're listening to this or maybe it's friday or maybe it's saturday maybe it's sunday whichever one it is but you can join the conversation every single wednesday night at 9 30 p.m eastern time just by following the hashtag soccer chat go in your search bar on twitter Type in pound sign soccer chat, click the latest and get all the latest answers and questions from all your friends from across the globe over at soccer chat. He's Nick. I'm Sean. And I am super butchering my words tonight. And part of me just doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, you were doing very average with that, with that opening. You, you have some great ones, like, and then some that you still did way better than I could ever potentially do. Um, but I, yeah, no, not, not your, not your best work on that first intro. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I, um, no. I, uh, yeah. How you been, man? Things been good. You know, it's been crazy. Uh, you know, it's uh, just, it's, it's recruiting season for me. I've been on the road. We had our, um, so, you know, we've got like a lot of commits. Uh, we had our first signing uh, this, this last week. And I think you and I talked on the, the previous show about like going to a sign. I know like with NCAA rules, like you can't go. And you and I both kind of were like, well, you don't really want to go to one because if you, there's one, you can't go to of the whole class. Like you feel kind of bad for it. Uh, and I have just found myself saying, okay, like I'm just, I'm just going to go. Um, and so I'm going to him. I had my first one last Friday. Uh, I'm going to another one this Friday. I'm super excited. Although this is something I thought about too. So the day of I'm, I'm getting ready and, uh, it was a, it was a pretty, I wouldn't say a long drive, but it was a good, good drive for me to get to. And I was in the shower and I was like, man, what do I wear? I was just thinking that when you were going through this about like, it, when you were going through the story right now, I was like, I don't know what I would like. I wear hoodies everywhere. Yes, that like, is true. You, can you wear a hoodie to a siding? Like, it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what the like standards are for that situation. So I did some research and I've Where seen did you that. do research at? I just Googled. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I went on like, I think I did like uh, college soccer signing day and images popped up and I was like, okay, they look like a coach. That's what they're wearing. So I saw like, there's, there's just like a, a few sort of outfits that a coach can wear to a signing day. I I'm guessing of the college. Um, so obviously one is like the, the shirt and tie or the suit and tie, which I feel like would be like the Nick Rizzo thing to do. Um, if you were to attend, I feel like you would just be like, I mean, we still wish that you had a red suit to wear with a tie. Um, but you know, maybe you go like a Navy suit with a red tie. 
I see navy's the color we're wearing for the wedding, so I could I could pull that off. I, I I've tried that on before. I think I can pull that one off. Red, okay. I do not think I could pull off. You know, we all still think you could pull the red one off. I think you could it would be blazer and dress pants, or do a red, do a red, uh, blazer coat with white dress pants. Honestly, like I'm, I I love my fiance so much, and I'm pretty sure she would retroactively say no. I'm not saying wearing that to the wedding. Oh, oh, gotcha. All right. I thought. Yeah, we're this to a signing. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry. I lost track of where we were at. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I saw another one that was basically like a polo in khakis or a quarter zip in khakis. And then I saw, um, you know, the whole like training top, uh, but I couldn't like really see like what, you know, what kind of uh, pants they were wearing. Um, And so in my mind, I was just like, well, I'm going to be in the car for a while. And when I'm in the car for a while, I want to be comfortable. And you're talking to a guy who, when I took this job, you know, coming in from teaching, basically got rid of all my dress clothes. Uh, you know, th- really the only like dress pants I have are all golf pants that I wear when it's cold to play golf. So I had some, uh, I was just like, well, like I'll just wear some training pants and a hoodie. And it, I did think to myself, I was like, Nick is going to be proud of this. Um, but then I thought like, man, like what if people think I'm a scrub? Like, what if everybody else is like dressed up and I'm not? So I was like, well, I'll put on some, some golf pants. And I was like, well, I could wear a hoodie with golf pants. I was like, well, is that like, Hey, I'm like not fully scrubbing it, but I'm still kind of scrubbing it. Uh, I thought about, you know, just like a, a training shirt, maybe long sleeve shirt, whatever. So I end up going with uh, uh, golf pants and a polo. And when I got there, now I did wear running shoes. If anybody knows me knows I don't wear dress shoes. I wear like Jordans or some type of. You got a great set of golf shoes though. I will give you that. Like the uh, the golf shoes that you wore when we went golfing. You, I think you had golf shoes on. The the gray and orange ones. Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't. I, although I I so I wore them recently, but I have a new pair of golf shoes actually. Nice. I didn't um, mean to interrupt your story, but you no, did no, have no, a nice pair okay. of golf shoes. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so I wore my, uh, my project rocks. Cause my thing is like, I, I kind of tell recruits or people like if I show up in the project rocks, like it's about to go down. Like I only break those things out very, very rarely. Um, so I, I, I was like, well, you know, this is basically like a golf outfit. Like I can do this. So I roll in and, uh, I see, uh, the dad of the, of the, the signee who's got on training pants brush a t-shirt with a zip up. And I was like, dang, I, he just looks so comfortable. And everybody else had brush hoodies or brush t-shirts and jeans. And I was just like, dang, they all look so comfy. And, um, the, uh, the dad came up and he was like, I didn't even recognize you with pants on. Cause I, I always like when they visited campus, I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Um, and like basically anybody who has seen me since I've taken this job, I wear shorts and a t-shirt or training pants. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a little bit overdressed for this. I feel like, um, and uh, so it just made for big jokes of, uh, uh, the mom said I looked very nice, uh, and then kind of got on to, uh, her husband for literally wearing the exact same outfit as their, uh, youngest son. And I was like, look, if I could be wearing the same outfit as them, I would, I would, I, I probably would be wearing that. So here's my problem was like, I said to myself, okay, like I dress up for this one. It was my first one. All right. I'm good. Like I can wear a hoodie 
with some training pants or I can wear like a, a long sleeve shirt or whatever with, with training pants. But now my fear is because there were photos taken and you can clearly tell that I'm wearing golf pants and a polo. Do I now have to dress like that for all of them? That's an interesting question. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like you just got to read the individual recruit because like, it depends on what like they expect of you, you know, like maybe, maybe they just like, I feel like if any of my recruits saw me in like jeans, they would, ex- they wouldn't expect that for another person because they've never seen me in jeans before. Right. Well, the thing is like, I, you know, I, I, I want people to like recognize me a little bit. Like, I know that was thing. Like, I, I, if you've never seen me like golf before, like have like one of my golf outfits on, I've been told like, it doesn't look like me just cause it's like a polo golf shorts, golf pants. Um, but like, I also just, I just kind of want to be myself. And that's what the dad was cracking me up. Cause he was like, I figured you show up just looking like a coach. Cause like you're a coach. And I was like, that's what I'm thinking of. Like, that's why, that's what I thought about, man. Like I thought like, well, I'm the soccer coach. I should probably look like one and not saying that if you wear a polo and khakis for soccer, you're not, you don't look like a coach. You do. But I was just like, I could just wear a training pants. So like, I'm, I've got a really insane dilemma going on inside me right now because I've got, um, I'm at like T minus, uh, 72 hours before my next one. Uh, actually this comes out on Thursday. So I'm like a mere 20, just over 24 hours away, uh, from my next one. And I'm really having a big battle on what to wear. I mean, you know what, Nick, I want you to pick what I'm going to wear. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing about this polo though. I have two Brescia soccer polos. Yep. I wore a yellow one, which our friend Shannon Danino saw me wear it. Um, I think it was last month and she gave me the, the like massive seal of approval was like, yellow is your color. Like, I know it's like one of your school's colors. Like you need to wear yellow more often. And I was like, huh, I'll take that in consideration. But here's the problem. You see your boy used to work out back in the day. It doesn't look like it. Well, I mean, it looks like I used to, but I do have where, uh, you know, like sometimes when, when people work out for a really long time, like old bodybuilders or old wrestlers, when they stop working out and they get old, like things just look different. And yeah. You can totally tell now, and you can tell through this polo, um, that your boy used to do a lot of chest day, if you get what I mean. And, and they're not they're not as perky as they used to be. Yeah, and I wish that everybody could have I so like I saw Nick laugh. No one can see him, but I wish <laughs> I wish that he was like that that look that he just gave me, the smile and the inside laugh I knew he was doing. I wish that just would have like bursted out <laughs> because it would have been like that's not the reaction I was going for, but I'm glad that you did it. um no no it's okay it's okay um so now i'm very like uh was self-conscious about these polos because your boys pecs stick out a little bit more than, than what i would like so simple solution just do a bunch of push-ups right before so like get there find a special spot do a bunch of push-ups and you'll be set huh is it that get easy? Get like get get the blood pump into that area, and then you should be good to go. But yeah, no, sure. I think honestly, I'm not sure that's how that would work. No, it's not. I, it's 100% <laughs> not how it works. Um, but I, all right. So what? What I think. So you, so you do you want me to describe the recruit's personality? I will. Like I, what you sent a picture to our group message the other day, and you had like this blacked out, like I, I murdered I, out hoodie. 
Yeah, I think you go that every time. That thing was so sick. Really? Oh, my gosh. I don't even know if that's your school colors, but that thing was legit. It's not. That was legit. I would wear that 100% of the time. But the only problem is that to see the brush of soccer on the hoodie, like flash bulbs are going to have to go off. Well, hopefully they do. Or the lighting that, has to be right. That hoodie is sick. Like that's what I I thought. I mean, I like murdered out stuff anyway, but like that thing was awesome. So I made, so I did wear it recruiting one time and I thought to myself, like, this is a big mistake. Cause like, if anybody knows me knows, I like, I want my school name really, really big on me and like visible from a long ways. And those, the logo and the name is very, very big on the hoodie, except for the fact that it's done in black print on a black hoodie. Hence why it's murdered. I thought it was like, I, so to me, when I got that, I was envisioning that as like a game day outfit. Like I'm here for business. I, I, I'm murdered out today. Like it's about like we handle business today. But if you think I mean, that's the route to go, then maybe like, I like I when you sent that to us, I was super jealous. Like I, I thought that looked sick. <laughs> so you should do like um you should do like red on red or navy on navy. I I've I've definitely grouted navy before. Like I like I I have navy pants with this like hoodie that I'm wearing right now. I've definitely now, so imagine that hoodie you've got on, except that logo that's on your hoodie in navy. Oh, so navy on navy. I can dig that. See, smell what I'm cooking. Yeah picking up what you're putting down i'm i may sign off on allowing you to do a murdered out saint mary's hoodie see the problem is they don't like us doing like black stuff here because like like the like navy and black don't mesh together so like they don't like us doing a lot of things that are like the color black because a lot like even within our logo there's navy yeah so like, like they, look i'm nick rizzo and i like black stuff i do it's honestly like when i'm at home all the time i still wear my black mama sweats the one that uh, <laughs> friggin, uh beast mode makes fun of all the time because <laughs> oh man those pants are still super so you think so if you so you you've picked out the murdered out hoodie is it khakis or is it training pants i go training or pants. if it's warm enough do i go shorts I, I mean if it's warm enough i think you go shorts but like i'm one of those people like and again this is probably why i'm not a a very high like like i'm not the highest of the high level coaches i am always going to pick comfort over professionalism like that's why i wear a hoodie everywhere right and that's why like when you see pictures of nick and i dressed up for an awards banquet he's dressed to the nines and i have on running shoes no i had jordan's i had jordan's on you had jordan's i feel like i think that's a look like you could like certain people can pull that off i think that's a look like i think that works that works for you. That does not work for me. I, I, I feel like I either have to go, like if I'm going not my hoodie stuff, I have to go all out. And I also, I don't, I haven't worn a like dress outfit since my hair has been long. So I don't know if like, if I dress up, like does the hair have to go down? Cause I, that like, is interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm not a dilemma that I, I have ever dealt with before. You know, I, so my hair right now, like I'm really trying to go for like the Roman reigns look, which is weird. Like I'm not like a Roman reigns fan, but like, I think I don't even know who that is. is. You can look him up. It's all right. Okay. Um, and, uh, like, it's not going to like freak out your computer or anything, but he's, he's, he's a wrestler. Um, okay. and I, uh, I, I've seen him like in suits before. Cause he's, I, he, he's been at the SB numerous times. Um, and he like has his man bun in a tuxedo and I'm like, okay, like if, if he can do that dressed up, maybe I can as well. So that's, that's, that's my dilemma. So you're saying training pants, unless it's warm, go shorts, 
you, you're saying murdered out hoodie. Yeah, be you, man. Like just like I feel like the recruits will appreciate a very authentic you. Like and also simultaneously, no one's looking at you at that picture at all. And I tried to. I and honestly, I just because I, I like I said, like I was trying to stay at like, the whole like instability rules. Like I didn't really want to go, but if I did go, like I was going to try to stay in the background. And unfortunately, um, sometimes grandparents or other people are like, no, you have to be in it. And when they say that you kind of have to be in the picture. You got to listen to the grandparents. So I, so I just, I allowed myself to be in one and I was like, it's, it's not about me. And I like backed out. Um, so I did my one picture and then just backed away from everything and took pictures myself. So. Yep. Nope. That works. I ate again. I mean, whatever grandparents say it goes for sure. You know, uh, when it comes to whatever says goes, you know, Nick, you're getting ready to get married here in just a few short months. Actually, I was looking at your uh, save the date on our uh, refrigerator the other day. And I was like, you hey, got, you got the ma- isn't the magnet such a great idea, by the way? It is. It is. It's right beside my Florida Gator soccer schedule magnet and my Duke football schedule magnet. Um, so it's like right I'm perfectly in place. That standard of the magnet. That's awesome. right. Well, it's also I mean, that's really the only magnets that the solder lanes have. Um, so like. I think all three of you should be considering yourself in very, very good places. Cause we never really even have magnets. So, um, so, you know, I was looking at that and I kind of her cases like, well, crap, that's, that's coming up, isn't it? And she was like, yeah, coming up real soon. I was like, crap, might want to get myself ready for that. Um, so I've made a promise to myself. I'm going to start using the weekends to pound some little bats uh, to get myself really, really excited and just, I'm going to get my pump primed uh, as, as much as possible uh, to be able to make it through your wedding. No, I mean, yeah, you got, you got to prep that for sure. Absolutely. And speaking of, of weddings and, and love in the air is what I said on the, uh, on, on soccer chat. Uh, it really is true. Uh, it would be, it would be so, and I don't know Nick's romantic life, but if you ask my wife about mine there, I'm not a romantic whatsoever. Um, so it would be a, a true Sean Soderling Valentine's day gift to you all three weeks too late. Um, so here is our Valentine's gift to you. It's our new friends from Indiana Wesleyan university. They're so cute. They're, they're just adorable. It's Daniel and Mary Seifert here on soccer chat. week we do just amazing interviews and we talk to some incredible people and you know we've always done like the best friends episodes every few months and those are typically ones that everybody really likes and and i think nick enjoys those a lot because he kind of likes to start beef between people and if you uh if you don't know what we're talking about go back and check out the nathan kogut and uh pat mcginnis one um where it was basically nick and i just like breaking the two of them up uh in their uh their banter back and forth but um nick has always requested we do like a love couples episode 
Uh, and he keeps joking that he wants to do an episode, uh, which I kind of suggested too at, at Valentine's Day of doing one with uh, uh, him, his fiance, me and my wife. And I realized like, I don't know if I want my wife to come on the show um, because who knows what it could lead to. But, you know, even though Valentine's Day was like four weeks ago, who cares? It's our love edition. We are so happy to have with us the tag team from Indiana Wesleyan University, Daniel and Mary Seifert. Daniel and Mary, how are you all doing? Doing well. Yeah, yeah. no, we're, we're hanging in there. Obviously, it's been a, a unique winter so far um, with the cold and the snow. We got more snow, I think, than we've ever had in the past few years here, at least. And so, I mean, right teams out there plowing off the field to to go out there for for training we we had one training session where it was literally one one degree outside the feels yep. like was one degree outside so uh our girls from california and florida um we're not loving that <laughs> <laughs> this was not on the brochure guys yeah exactly exactly yeah but there's certain things we show other things uh, we, we just let them uh experience. right hey ex hide the negative accentuate the positives right Hundred percent. I remember when Nick took the job at uh, St. Mary's. He was like, "I'm going." He's like, "I'm strictly West Coast gang. Like, I just went up with West Coast kids." And I was like, "Make sure to show them the pictures of the snow." Um, so as we kind of keep going, as as you know, it's um, you know, I know Dan. I think you've listened to the show a few times. I do have to. Is it do we do we want to go with Daniel or is or is Dan or Danny Danny Boy? What what do you prefer? My friends call me Daniel. So uh, that's okay. What Family and friends call me Daniel, and so that, that works for me if it's good for you guys. Hey, we'll, we'll keep it as professional as possible. Daniel. <laughs> um, it always makes me think of uh, uh, on the uh, Dan Patrick show, a long, long time ago, he used to always have Reggie Miller on. I want to say it was like every Wednesday. And he Reggie Miller would call in, and it would make Dan Patrick mad because he would like refer to him as Daniel Aloysius Patrick. And he was always like, you can call me Dan. He was like, Daniel, Daniel. And so every time Reggie Miller would say his name. So now the problem is when I see the name Daniel, I hear that in my mind. And so it's taken everything in my power not to be like, Daniel Seifert is here with us. But um, so let's kind of get into the, the, the history of you two. Um, kind of tell us like how you, you know, I guess obviously how you met, but then, you know, how ultimately you ended up at, uh, at IWU. Yeah, so we were both coaching at different universities. I was waiting for Mary to be like, well, he liked me, I kind of liked him, and like, here we are. Yeah, I wish it was that <laughs> simple. But uh, no, we were at two different universities. Uh, Daniel was at Mount Vernon Nazarene, and I was over at Olivet Nazarene um, in Chicago area. And through a mutual friend, it was a, a baseball GA at Olivet Naz, and it was his wedding. And so I went and actually didn't know anybody at my table. Um, and his roommate was there at the time and we were just talking and, um, you know, both of us, our, our faith is important and we were talking and all of a sudden he goes, so wait, so you love Jesus and you love soccer. He goes, you and my roommate would be perfect together. <laughs> honestly, through that, you know, I went home and, and we started talking. I think we connected through Facebook and started talking. Yes. You know, that whole story and about six months later i moved to columbus so that was kind of how we met and whoa you know we both kind of had the same passion and the, his friends tell me now it was funny because none of his girlfriends ever understood the coaching life like they would always do really well and then soccer season would come around <laughs> and they'd end up breaking up so it was kind of a kind of one of those things yeah. it's like fever pitch if you remember that <laughs> yeah uh, thing like come come season time it's just gone right, right? Nine months out of the year or something like that and then season time comes and just 
gone like that. So no, it, it worked out well. And obviously um, what kind of brought us to Indiana Wesleyan is at the time Mount Vernon, she was full-time assistant at Denison University. Um, and I was at Mount Vernon and, and we love God. We love, you know, this crazy game where you kick a ball into a rectangular prism, right. you know? And, and so we said, how can we do this together? And God kind of opened up the doors for us to come out here to IWU and be able to coach full-time together. So now I want to know is when that job was open, did both of you apply for the head coaching job? And back, look, if either one of us gets it, you're hiring the other one. It was tempting. That was very, very tempting. <laughs> I feel like that would have been like the ultimate route. And then like do interviews on different days. And they'd be like, hey, by chance, do you know a Mary Cypher? Right. Like kind of like we met on Facebook. It's whatever. Um, so like how like I'm sitting here. Mind is blown right now. Um, like didn't live near each other, and like just talking. Like did you guys like before the six months when like you know Mary when you moved like was there like going and hanging out with each other or was it just strictly electronic? Because if it's just strictly like electronic, this is my favorite marriage of all time. <laughs> I mean, it, honestly, it was close, though, because at that point, I was living back up in Michigan, um, and so he would come once in a while, but we were both coaching and doing our thing, and um, yeah, it was definitely long distance, didn't see each other much, and then I'd even gone, I worked with a, um, an organization called Chicago Eagles in the summer, and so I went, and I was in Chicago for three months, and we didn't really see each other then, and I don't know. It was kind of, it was pretty crazy, but you know, I, I will say I always knew it would work out, but also in the back of my head, I was thinking, okay, Columbus is a pretty cool city. Like there's a lot of soccer opportunities. So even if it doesn't work out, it'll be okay. but yeah. So, so who reached out to who first? I think it was be me. Um, once yeah. my roommate came back and said, Hey, you got to check out this, this girl. She's, she's awesome. Uh, I, I immediately Facebook stalked her, of course. <laughs> yes, as Daniel. As one does. Um, did my research, you know, did my, my recon work. A, I get a scouting report together. Yep. Um, yep. So uh, ended up uh, reaching out, initiating that contact. And uh, obviously, my I, man. you guys can all speak to this. You know how, like, you, you outkick your coverage or, like, you Facts. hit a grand slam. Like, every single player that comes in here says, Coach, how did you pull that off? I'm like, I have no idea. Literally, by the grace of God, is how something like Scander. that. And that's like literally what to say. Like, <laughs> dude, big man was looking after me and was like, I'm going to reward you uh, for your services. Um, I, I do like how you kind of touched on how difficult the dating life is when you're a coach, right? Like, because I think that that's something we probably haven't talked too much on the show about. But I, uh, is, I actually started dating my fiance about a month and a half before like, it was, we started dating like July. And like, so like we get like a month and a half in the relationship and I like, we're making it work as best we can. But I still remember her coming down and we're hanging out one night and she, Kelly's really secure in herself for anyone that's met her. So it's not like it was an issue, but like we were like walking like back from like a restaurant one time, Monmouth was a really small town. You could walk everywhere. And, um, I, she was like, Hey, like no pressure on this question. Like, do you even like me? And I was like, wait, what do you mean? And I was like, <laughs> oh, like we used to like you were t we were talking a lot in the beginning and now we don't talk as much and I was like no it's just like I swear like it's just this like type of year, like get to November and I'm gonna be great again um, and obviously it, it worked out and uh, the, therefore like the second season was a lot easier because she kind of knew that like once you get to that point of the year it's it's kind of crazy but I do think it takes a I mean it, fortunately when you guys found someone who actually truly does has worked in the profession and understands how 
insane and busy it is for those three months. But I, I imagine for those people out there that are still looking for that significant other, like it'll work out. You just got to find the one that actually understands that this time of the year is kind of crazy for everyone. We used to joke that we were going to do soccer chat personals and all of the single coaches out there could just meet up and get connected through soccer chat. Um, so far, I mean, we haven't had a soccer chat wedding yet. I mean, there's always, there's always a first, I guess somebody, somebody will, will it'll happen. Um, uh, pre- Sean used to try to advertise me for the longest time. Cause I was single for a very long time when we were doing this. Sean used to try to advertise. Probably the first I legit time. would do full on advertisement reads to find Nick a, uh, I think the phrase was always like, if you're looking for an assistant coach, not just on the field, but also in life, uh, you know, Nick is your man. Cause like for a while, like he would even say like, look, like if I met somebody who like that coach, like I would totally go be an assistant coach for him. It's like, that just became my thing. I was like every week. And then I think it was after like week three or four of doing it. Um, my mom and wife got mad at me and told me not to do it anymore. Cause they were like, you're making it seem like he's, he's desperate. I was like, he's not desperate. I'm just trying to help him out. Like, that's what, that's what you do. Like we're just putting it out there. Yeah. And, and which kind of upset me. Cause like, my wife knows I'm the best wingman in the business. And uh, so I felt like I was doing my duties. Um, Cause I know like for me, when, when I met my wife uh, and I guess when you could say things got kind of serious, um, she always just kind of jokes. She's like, you know, like you're kind of flirtatious and, and what I like, how do you, like, how do you think you'll change? I was like, I will be the best wingman of all time. Like I can take apparently whatever works uh, for you and apply that to someone else and, and, you know, try to assist them in this, this, uh, this game of, of love and life. Uh, so that's why she just, uh, like I, we've, you know, we've had family members who, uh, you know, unfortunately gone through divorces and when they're kind of down or dumps, my wife's always like, Sean, go spend a weekend with them, do what you do. And I'm like on it, let's go. Um, so the, the thing that really kind of, um, intrigues me, I mean, like, Obviously, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, I really wish that Mary would have applied for the job. So, like, Daniel could always be like, look, I, I got the job. Like, you know, sorry. But, um, you know, when it came to hiring Mary, like, were you guys married at the time for IWU? Yes. Yeah, we were. Yeah. So, what, what kind of the whole process and, and during the whole recruiting or interview process, I was, I was very candid about it and, and just kind of. <laughs> we're a package deal. It's either one of us or none of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's just it. It's just, it's letting them know, like, this is ultimately our goal. Um, right. Qualification wise, like she's a phenomenal coach. Absolutely phenomenal coach finishing up her. B- I've like, seen her in action. Yeah. I can confirm this for anybody listening. <laughs> she crushes it. And she's actually been offered, you know, coaching gigs at, at other places, but ultimately it's been one of those things where we've had this passion and, and kind of, I don't know, almost like the purpose that we've been trying to seek is, is doing this together. Um, we love, at least I know, I love working with her. I don't know how much she, she puts up with me quite a bit. I don't know how she right. does. But I mean, don't they all though? Yeah, so true. So true. But it, it's one of those things where honestly coming into it, I was like, it, it, it was a no brainer for us. Um, you know how you look for coaches that can really help you out with your weaknesses. She, she gets that all. Um, and the vast majority of the time she's, she's running with things and just really, makes things uh, run in a smooth, you know, fashion and everything. So it's ultimately like when we went to this position and everything, we, we told them kind of what we, our goal was, what our objective was. And obviously with, you know, they wanted to make sure that there was no conflict of interest and, and stuff like that. So they did all the background checks and made sure that it would work out. But I mean, just an uber qualified coach that, that, you know, 
love, loves the game, loves to help, you know, disciple and mentor uh, young women. And it, it's been a cool experience to be able to do this together. I can remember when my wife took a, the, when we came back to Indiana and she took the, the principal's job here and I applied for a, a job within the school. And one of the other principals in my interview was like, so is there any kind of conflict of interest with you and any other admins? And I just, I couldn't help myself. Like my wife wasn't in on the interview or anything. I couldn't help myself. And I was like, look, I'm just going to say like, I consistently share a bed with somebody who may or may not have, you know, some type of authority in the building. So I cannot like, I'm not going to deny this whatsoever. Um, but then I always use that as an excuse. Like if, uh, you know, uh, if somebody needed help with something, I knew like my wife could help. And in fact, I just don't know who to ask Mike. Look, like, and I would say it's totally like, as my wife would laugh at me, like, look, like I, kind of sleep with the boss so um let me see if i can put a word in and then we'll go from there um so like uh my last question before nick goes in because i've got like a fun segment we're gonna do um actually I, I, daniel was just like is there anything we need to prepare for it i'm like fun literally the only thing that i said um but i guess i kind of like my last question is because uh, i know nick's gonna get into soccer stuff because he's actually like the really good interviewer you, one of the things that you guys hit on at the beginning it was something i kind of wanted to bring in um, I'm glad that you guys kind of brought it up was you guys mentioned like faith and stuff like that. And, um, anyone who knows me knows I'm probably not the most religious person in the world. Um, but like, I still am a, a, a big believer and I still, um, I have faults just like everybody else. Um, but I, I want to know more like for you guys with that and how you tie that into your program, because I know your program, you know, you are a faith-based, uh, institution. Um, but how like even cooler it is, cause a lot of times in those institutions, your coaches aren't really faith-based or, you know, aren't very religious. So it's kind of like a heads clashing or heads budding um, often. So like for you all, like kind of how did that happen? Because like, I, I tell people, I'm like, I grew up in the church and I got really super heavy into it when I was a senior in high school. So I studied Revelations and I was like, oh, crap. Oh, my gosh. And it scared the living daylights out of me. Uh, and then fortunately, college came around and I completely forgot what I had read about until I got older. I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, so for you all, like kind of talk about like how that faith came along, but then tying that into the game, because obviously soccer is a platform where you can share that. Um, and, and now being at an institution where it's, you know, that's kind of a, a big priority there. So if, just kind of hit, hit on that and, and how it's kind of all come full circle for you. Yeah, I know for me. So in college, I studied youth ministry and Bible, um, but I never really felt called to work at a church mm -hmm. it, it just wasn't something that i felt super passionate about and so after school uh i was kind of trying to figure out what to do and that's when i did my ga with olivet nazarene and i kind of realized that coaching would allow me to pair my love for soccer with like my love for mentoring and for especially that age group i really am passionate about the, the collegiate player and um that kind of time in your life where you're really trying to figure stuff out. You're finally outside of your, your home and figuring out stuff out for yourself and what you believe and what you want to become. Um, and so, yeah, it was just kind of, for me, one of those things where I, I was so excited to find something where I could pair both of those things, soccer and mentoring. And um, I think that's something that we both really strive for is, you know, we've both been a part of programs where uh, maybe usually at a faith-based institution where maybe it's so much about, getting along and the, and the culture, which is a really important piece to it, but they don't care about competing or winning. And it's not really about that. Or on the other side, it's so cutthroat that you miss some of that, that ability to mentor and have community and 
and do that. So I think that's something that we've always talked about is how can we create this culture where you can be a fierce competitor and at the same time, love other people, whether they're in your community or not. And I think that's something that we found is when you build those relationships and that culture and you have something bigger than yourself that you're playing for and playing with, um, you can be a competitor because you don't take it personally. You know, like, you know, we can get, get after that training and push each other around and, and really get after it and compete with other people. But at the end of the day, um, it's not coming from a place of anger or hate, yeah. from, uh, that love. And so I think, I don't know why, but now I want you guys to get t-shirts that say, we love Jesus, but we'll beat the brakes off of you. <laughs> I like it. There you go. I will, I, if, if we, if these shirts are, at the, I will wear one around coaches convention, like. I will. I think that would be like the most amazing shirt ever. I mean, Jesus may not like it, but it's kind of because it, what you were talking about like was awesome. About like, you know, you, it is kind of you either get one or the other when it comes to institutions like that, and to be able to have you know that faith based background, but at the same time, uber competitive and you know, the desire to win. Um, and it, like I said, t-shirt just popped my head. I love Jesus. But I'm gonna beat the brakes off you. That's awesome. Well, and that's just it. Like we, we like uh, when we talk about like the the program that we want to establish. We talk about joy. Like we love to laugh. We love to have fun. Um, but then our, our our other core value that we talk about is competing. You know, we love to do that. And then we couple that with compassion. So how do you love other people? Um, you know, love God, love other people. That's that's honestly what we try to do throughout life. And then uh, finally, like mindfulness. Those are like the four categories of joy. Um, you know, competitiveness, compassion, and then like that, that mindfulness component where it's, it's all about like trying to uh, essentially just like teach these young women um, how to be better people, you know, because you're going to be a person longer than a soccer player. That's one of our famous mantras that we tell every single recruit, you're going to be a person longer. So how do we build, equip, um, and, and just really help mold you into being, you know, that, that uber competitive person, that, that joyful, playing like with that freedom, um, and then also like just using whatever gifts and talents you have to be a blessing to others. Um, so it's a big part of who we are and, and what we try to, you know, rest our, our foundation on as a team. And it just, it makes it a lot of fun to play around when you see big old smiles on, on players' faces when they're competing, knocking each other down, helping each other back up and then going and knocking each other down again. So it's just, it's the best part of both worlds. That, no, that's awesome. To, and uh, to kind of change gears and to start talking soccer, so most important question right now, who brings what to the table in the coaching relationship? It's about to get spicy. I see Dan's got his cup, the team report's coming. Who brings what to the table uh, when you guys are working together in the coaching environment? He definitely brings the fun. I, uh, he's the fun coach. Um, I am much more the uh, details, get everything together. So I think we always joke about that, how – you know, especially when we have kids, like he's going to be the fun parent, you know, I'm going to be the, the one that's behind the scenes. But um, no, I think it's kind of fun because I do think that, like Daniel said, we really try to balance out each other's strengths and weaknesses. And um, so I try, I know for me, I try to deal with a lot of the details so that he can really focus on the coaching side of things. And um, it's been incredible. I mean, yeah. basically, we, I would fall apart if we didn't have her organizing all of our trips. Like every single thing you talk about COVID year, every single thing is laid out in perfect detail. All the girls, they just go to her and just ask her the questions because they know I have no idea. Ask Mary, you know. Hey, it'll be like that when kids come along too, my man. <laughs> go talk to mom. Just yep, go talk to her. She she's got it all figured out. So it, it's. It really is one of those things. I mean, she does all the recruiting. She's our recruiting coordinator. So like all the organization and, and 
basically just get, getting everything in a line in order. It just, it really makes it for a smooth transition because we can really, otherwise I, I would have no idea what I'm doing. I'd be like a lost little pup and be like, what do we feel like doing today? Okay. That sounds good. You know, uh, we're leaving at what time, when's the meal prepared for? Okay. You know, and just kind of fly by the seat of my pants, but she's been absolutely terrific in, in bringing all that detail orientation that, you know, specific mind, even a soccer mind where, you know, during a match, she's very, focus on breaking down opposition, what, what their movements are, what their, you know, setup looks like. And so again, it just tries to go through these, these responsibilities that, that kind of make us a, a really good team. Yeah. No, that's no, go for it. Go for it. Oh, you're gonna, I was going to say, it's really nice that we both have a, like a passion for tactics. Like that's something we enjoy. Like we have a tactics board hanging up in our living room. Like, so when we're watching games, like we're looking at different things. So it's fun that we both love that because we can sit here and for better or worse, I mean, we take our job home like we do. And for us, that's really fun, though. And um, so we get to talk about all that stuff and work on like the tactical piece together. And then um, and then when we bring it to the team, you know, obviously it's it's one voice and um, and being able to take a step back and, and help support. But it's a lot of fun that we can, again, do it together. The only issue is that she's a Spurs fan. So uh, hopefully none of you guys are Tottenham Spurs fans, but that's my only issue that I have. It's, what are you what are you a fan of? Liverpool. See, he's got it right. <laughs> We're out, we outnumber them today, too. Sean's Chelsea. We outnumber hey, them. Today. Hey, I like Tuchel, though. That's a great pickup. Yeah. I think he's going to do phenomenal things for you guys. He just needs to play Pulisic more and keep him healthy. If he does that, I'll be all right. I, the, the only thing that he's got a problem with right now is he got, he's got a boatload of talent who doesn't know how to play in the Premier League yet. And, and I, I tell people all the time, like, when their teams pick up, you know, people from you know other leagues. I'm like, look, I, it is it. It takes time to figure the Premier League out. So once, uh, um, you know, I think when Werner and and um, I can never say dude's name, Zayich, Zayich, um, you know, when those guys get the Premier League figure out, like it, it'll be on like Donkey Kong. But I don't know. I'm I'm still hopeful. I'm still like Frank's in my heart, and you want to talk about like a sad day, like. I just was like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, it is what it is. Which I, I, I knew whenever uh, – because Dan said something about Liverpool. Daniel said something about Liverpool um, when I saw him a couple weeks ago. And I was just like, oh, great. This is Nick's, this is Nick's go-around. We're going to be sitting here talking about marriage. And Nick's going back, so Liverpool, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of those things is significantly more important than the other. <laughs> Mar- marriage or Liverpool. Like, right. I, I mean, Right. Well, it's funny because like the way Dan was talking to Daniel. Gosh, I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna stop doing that, Daniel. No worries. Gonna... <laughs> People call me Dan. Seriously, it's really not. Um, no, I'm I'm sticking to it. I'm, my my professional journalism, Daniel. Uh, you know the way you were kind of talking about with you know like you know Mary had everything planned and laid out for you. You know, kind of made your job a lot easier. Anybody who's listened to our show know like knows that like Nick's life, his assistant coaches, and his fiance. Look, myself just to hey be here at this time and he's he's in so when you were talking about it, i was just like oh my gosh like daniel and nick are like the exact same person <laughs> yeah and surround like you need people that compliment you you know you got to yeah, find people that are good fits for you the yin to your yang and so yeah i know all my assistants have always been the ones that just tell me where to go and like and again i, I i'm I, i'm pretty good at recruiting and i'm pretty good at running my sessions and things like that but like that's the only things you should put me in charge of like there's people now like we're obviously we're getting married in like less than three months now it's crazy um but uh 
like there'll be people like asking me wedding questions and like, I won't respond to them because I don't know the answers. And like, I'm an idiot. Like I should just respond and say, I don't know the answers, but I just ignore it because I'm a bad person. And then like after like two, three days, they'll just text my fiance and she'll get back to them like right away with like every single detail that they need. And uh, she like called me yesterday and she was like, all your friends just text me all the time now because they can't get a hold of you. And I was like, I, I don't know the answers. And she's like, You're, you need to respond to them. So I am, I, I have my, I have things I need to work on for sure. Um, we'll, that's you too. Perfect. At least I'm not alone. That's, it's, it must just be the Liverpool. Um, but so like getting to Indiana Wesleyan, obviously like it was a little bit of a transition, right? You'd worked at NAI before, but like it was a new institution what were some of the things that were initial challenges for both of you guys getting to Indiana wasn't? So I think the biggest thing is that, like, as you guys both know, with taking over new teams, it's, it's about establishing the culture. Um, and we have, we know our mindset whenever you take over a new program, it's a big boat and you are just a little rudder. And so our whole objective as that little rudder is to get it slowly turned in, in the way that we, we really want it to go. Um, the previous coach had done a phenomenal job, Tim Strader. Um, he's out at Cal Baptist. Now he had done a phenomenal job recruiting in, you know, some talented players and really just broadening in the, the landscape of Indiana Wesleyan. And, and just, I think all the different States represented. Um, but it was a, it was a senior heavy class. There was, I think 11 seniors that we had uh, that year. And so again, they're, they've been under a certain regiment, they've been under a certain coaching style. And so ultimately the biggest thing that we tried to do was just really get to know them, get to know the players, and then try to slowly move it in our kind of direction that we really wanted you know, the, the program to move. Um, and so between that and, and last year, so this is our third year now, um, you know, we, we've been able to really get it into a place where kind of like what, what Mary was talking about earlier, the both and it's, it's having a, a super strong culture, which has to come first and being super competitive on the field. Um, that that's really been our, our whole goal and mindset throughout that process, but probably trying to, to work and, and maneuver the, the group into where we wanted it to go was probably the biggest challenge early on especially when you had such a, a, a heavily uh, senior loaded class uh, and, and high, uh, you know, upperclassmen, basically. Yeah. Nope, sure. uh, you know, it's one of those things where obviously when you come into a new place, it's, it's tough to just change everything right away. I mean, you lose, you lose a lot, um, just a lot of support that way, unless it's something that's needed. There are some programs that you have to go in and you have to make some big changes. But again, like Daniel said, thankfully, we had a really good leadership group when we came in. Um, and so it was one of those things where we were able to listen to what is important to you. Like what are things that you want to see continue or need to see continue and what can we um, make differences on? You know, we talk a lot about the players have to have ownership of the program as well. Otherwise, you know, the buy-in's not always there. And so even when they're, you know, small decisions that we think are small where we would have done it one way, maybe we're like, okay, this is not a battle we need to pick. Like if they want their tradition of doing this, you know, driving to the field instead of walking to the field, whatever it is, you know, you just kind of slowly change and, um, and go from there. But, you know, you figure out what things are, are non-negotiables that you want to change and what things um, really need to be left up to the players to decide and take ownership in. And then, like you said, we kind of keep moving, moving each year. No, and that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's, I know. I think uh, as a, me and Sean are both going through the process of just having recently taken over programs as well. And and so it's, it's one of those things that like, even like simple things like that we're dealing with right now is uh, like, I want, I like having the same practice time every single day. Like, I don't want to like mm -hmm. 
we'll alternate between Mondays this day and week by week it's different and things like that. I like doing it every single day. I just think the consistency is important. And uh, in the past that they would always like adjust around every single small thing that they would have. And so we're kind of having a battle with that right now where I think a few players are like, well, why do we have to do that? And it's just like, it's just the way I'm going to do it. And, uh, and I, and I think it, and it's important to me and, um, and stuff. And so it's, it's one of those things that I totally get where you're coming from, where there's things that were done in a specific way. That's like, Hey, like I understand that, but this is how we need to do it. But there's also things like you said, that are non-negotiable that are a big part of their culture and have been for a while. And it's not something you want to mess around with and things like that, because it'll, it, it could be a thing that enhances them if it's done well. So it's, I definitely understand where you guys are coming from with that. Well, and it goes with the why I think players, especially today, they want to know why. You know, yeah. so if you've got a reason why you want to change something and they can understand that. I think it's an easier transition. And, and same thing, there were some traditions that the team had and we're like, well, why is that important to you? And if they couldn't give you an answer, then is it really, you know, is it really that much big of a tradition? Or if they had a reason why, maybe we hadn't thought about that why. And we're like, okay, I see why that is important to this team. And so I think the whole reason why, like as a coach, having a why to be able to share with the players and for the players when they want something, we tell our girls all the time, you can bring something to us, bring us ideas. We might not always say yes, but let's have a conversation and tell us why that's important to you. And um, it just opens up a lot more dialogue and a lot more buy-in on either side. No, that, yeah, absolutely. 100%. And, and like when, uh, and obviously like I, like you guys had the first year where I think you went 10, seven and one. And then last year or 2019, like I want to say last year was the last time any of us played rally a lot of real soccer. Um, yeah, you had a great year, made it to the Elite Eight. Talk about that season a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, kind of like what we said, we were trying to get things moving in the direction that we wanted. We brought in a pretty big freshman class, and I think uh, for the Elite Eight, we started six freshmen. Um, right now, we have nine freshmen and sophomores that start. And so um, I credit it to not just like the, the young group that came in, uh, especially with like just the openness to, to compete and have joy, but I also credit our upperclassmen that just really set the foundation of culture and even the standpoint of what their purpose is um, because it's hard as a senior. Uh, the, the one example I can give is we had a senior goalkeeper. She, she hadn't played um, her first few years. She had a senior in front of her. So it was going into her senior year, um, getting ready to play for the first year. This was her year to, to shine. And we had a freshman goalkeeper come in and um, about 48 hours before our first match, we were playing the number eight team in the country at the time down in Kentucky. Um, we, we put in our freshman. I, I told, I pulled our senior goalkeeper to the side. I said, Hey, just so you know, we're, we're going to go with uh, Sam in this, in this match. And, and so she took it like a champ um, middle of the match. We'll fast forward a little bit young team. So of course, with a young team, you get caught high. It's a, you know, a, a chance where we have two starting uh, center backs that are both freshmen at the time. Um, they had a tall, I think a girl from Nor Norway um, forward up top, six foot fast as lightning ball played in over top and a one-on-one -on -one breakaway happens. And our freshman goalkeeper ended up coming out is about midfield came out and made just a massive save. Um, and, and the next day we, we showed the film and I said, okay, so, so let's watch this film. What, what do you see happen in this situation? And so they say, well, you know, Sam, she, she did a really good job coming off her line, broke down the angle and then, you know, went down to ground and, and made just a massive save that, that really changed the, the complex of the game. I was like, awesome. Let's rewind it. Let's watch it again. What else did you see? And they said, well, our defense, you know, they always track back. They never gave up on the play. They just kept going and going and going. So it made that forward feel, you know, the pressure to, to maybe know that there's other people coming. It's like, awesome, great. Let's rewind it one more time. 
What else do you see? And this time, watch in the very bottom left-hand corner. Tell me what you see. And you see our freshman goalkeeper come out and make the save. And all of a sudden, you see these two arms <laughs> in the bottom left-hand corner just going up, jumping up and down, and celebrating. And it was our senior goalkeeper who had just been told that she wasn't going to be a starter. Her senior year, she trained all three years, hadn't been a starter yet. This was her chance. And she was the one celebrating like she herself made the save. And we said that that is the anatomy of a great teammate, not a good teammate, a great teammate. And I said, if, if we take on this mentality, if we take on this identity, great things are in store for, for this team. And, and the girls, they rallied around it. That was their mindset. You know, the seniors did a incredible job leading. And it was just about a team first mentality about not, not individual success, but what we could do collectively as a whole. And that, that really was like that selfless mindset that I think really spearheaded us into having that successful season that second year. Like when, um, when that's all going on and, and you have a young group, do you like, what are some of the things that you think that like, because you said you had some good senior leadership and things like that. What are some of the things that you feel like the upperclassmen or maybe some of the leaders need to mold with those younger kids? And maybe what are some things that the younger kids might bring to the table that can help a, a team that maybe hasn't been that far before? I think the biggest thing that we see and, and we, we, we have very candid conversations with our players is, is helping them find their purpose, find their role. Um, I think that's a really big thing that a lot of times we as coaches, uh, at least I know I mess up with all the time, is, is really trying to help the players find find their purpose on the team. Um, sometimes it's, it's you know, one of our best leaders last year, she was a senior, tore her ACL, and so she's now back as a fifth-year senior, but she was our best leader off the field because she really, like, just took ownership in, okay, my role is not going to be contributing on the field. She was an all-conference player. She goes, my role is going to be on the sidelines. How do I keep our bench just excited, engaged, um, you know, just really supportive of, of the players that are out there. And that was her whole role and purpose that she took on. And, and even trying to help some of the young players, uh, you know, we, we started two uh, freshmen uh, centrally um, in the midfield and right up the middle, right up the gut of our field, we're all freshmen. And it was helping them feel empowered and equipped, like saying, no, you have to have a voice. I know that you have a senior all American up in front of you, but you have to have a voice. You have to have confidence and, and building in that confidence to, to be a leader, even as a freshman, um, you know, or as, as a younger player. And I think that's the biggest thing is trying to help the players understand what is needed for the team. What does the team need you to do um, to help the collective whole be successful? Um, and I, I think that was the biggest thing. Seniors sometimes had to take that supportive role and freshmen, you had to step up as leaders and just kind of having that balance of whether you're freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior, we all have different roles and responsibilities and purposes that, that we can bring to this team. Yeah. I think like the, like what Daniel was saying with the older players, making sure that the standards are set. Um, we're actually, so we, we do a book club every year and each class takes a different book and we go through it together. And the sophomore class right now is going through how to hold people accountable. Um, one of the Jansen Burke books. And we were talking the other day about how did you know what the standards were? And they were like, well, we were told, like we were sat down and the upperclassmen told us like, we jogged to everything. We do this. We don't do that. Like, and just kind of like sat down and told us. And so um, I think that was one thing that they did is they, they knew what they wanted and what it was supposed to look like. And so they, they really set the tone of this is what it looks like. And I think to what you, you were speaking to about what do some of those younger players bring in? I think, especially last year, they didn't know any better. They were just like, like when we, when we stepped on that field, our very first game against that highly ranked team, we didn't know what to expect. We are like, this could be, but they didn't know any better. They didn't know that they were supposed to be 
the underdogs or they're supposed to be nervous or whatever. They just went out and played. And I think sometimes that brings a little bit of that in as well of, you know, they don't know anybody. They come in and they just compete. And um, even in our recruiting, like recruiting people who are, you know, quality people, quality teammates, but also who love the game because we, we are pretty demanding, especially with our schedule. We ask a lot of our players um, and we tell recruits, you have to love the game because we do a lot with film and off season training and a lot more than maybe um, what some people might be used to. And so um, making sure that that's something like as we recruit players in, they bring that energy, they bring that love of the game and love for each other. And so, yeah, it's kind of like what you said, it goes both ways. The upperclassmen, they set the tone, they make sure that, you know, they've got goals and they want to make sure that those are realized, whether it's them on the field or not. And then the younger players come in and there's an element of energy and freshness and that, that they can bring. And um, I think that's important as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I always joke, uh, my 2017 team uh, that we ended up making it the conference championship game. And it was one of those things where I think we started seven or eight freshmen almost every single game. And like the thing I kept telling, we kept upsetting people. But like the thing is, they didn't know they like we would have ended that game. You'd be like, oh, OK, like that's amazing, guys, blah, blah. They wouldn't have known any better. Like they just assumed like, OK, there's a team that's lining up across from us. Like, OK, like they don't know that team has beaten us the last four years. They don't know. Like and that's I always joke. The best thing about freshmen is they're wonderfully naive. Like they have no idea what they're supposed to be good at, what they're supposed to be bad at. They are just wonderfully naive in, in every way. And so that's when I, I always think that that's a cool thing, especially when you're trying to change culture, because I think whether you're taking over a team that needs a complete revamp or you take over a team that might just need a, a little tweak, like the nice thing about getting some new blood in there is they also are always going to be bringing something to the table that you might not expect or and and that could be again like you guys experienced uh last year in 2019 with your squad it, it can take help take your program to the next level yeah well and i give again a lot of credit to our upperclassmen because they do a lot in our recruiting as well and they welcome recruits in like they're a part of the family already and that can be really tough i mean we had a player who who just came up to us and was like you know what i know that this player might come in and take some of my time but I like her a lot and I think she'd fit in well. And so for them to be able to, to recognize when somebody coming in can bring something to the program, even if that means my time or my role on the field might look differently, like I think is, that's a credit to our, to our girls, to our, to our program. 100%. Are you guys ready to have some fun? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So originally I was going to send these to both of you and have you like write them down and then like get disgusted with each other when the answers were different. But so I'm going to ask you both a question and I want you to try to answer as quickly as possible. Um, so uh, first up, I'll count. I'm going to, or I'm not even going to count. I'm just going to ask a question. So first of all is what is your spouse's full name? Daniel Richard Seifert. Mary Catherine Kostoniak. Well, Mary Catherine Seifert now. <laughs> He's not even <laughs> Right. What's up with that? Uh, I, feel like, I feel like that answer is correct. I think he, he was just being very, very authentically specific with his answer. Notice the competitiveness in Mary. She got it out real quick. She'll win in most of these, just so you know. Okay, okay. All right. What is each other's favorite food? See, this Muscles. That's actually, yeah. This is a tough one because he's so easygoing that, like, he'll eat anything. So I don't, what is your favorite food? What would you say? I don't even know. Maybe steak and potatoes. Yeah. Uh, How long have you guys been married? Is it this five, our five years? Six years? Almost six, six yeah. Years, okay, okay. Well, uh, just a couple years after I, because I got married in 2013. Uh, oh, yeah. Sean, do you know Casey's favorite food? 
Do I know Casey's favorite food? Yeah. Um, I would say her favorite food would be probably like depends on like what type of pizza or um, she's kind of a I would say seafood. I mean, we don't do seafood a lot, but like I know she really likes it. What about uh, dessert? Because she's definitely macaroons. Ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. And so I joke with people is that uh, during both pregnancies, I put on more weight than she did. Um, <laughs> and especially with Duke, because when we lived in Michigan, like two blocks down the, down the street from us was um, like a mom and pop ice cream shop. So I literally was going there all the time. And I just noticed instead of getting like myself like one scoop, I end up starting to get quarts and pints and just like eating that while she had a, a double scoop. So I would definitely say ice cream is her is her number one uh, number one dessert. Fast food, I feel like she and I have asked had that question about like what's your favorite food. I feel like she had like six different answers, but I know like one of them would be some type of like see like a crab crab legs or something like that. Um, you said like mussels are probably one of my favorites, but it's not like I have those. <laughs> right. I was gonna be like, dang, okay, IWU, it's it's heavy. But it is one to one, just so you know. Not keeping score or anything. Yes, that's my guy. That's my guy. Um, what food does the other person hate? Peas. Oh, well done. Thank you. Solid, Mary. Yeah. Uh, hate. Oh, do you hate anything in particular? I would say what? Pretty close. You're pretty close to it. Like, anything in the oh, peace. There you go. That's, <laughs> okay. also, that's why I remember it so vividly. <laughs> I feel like that was kind of a setup. You guys both hate to say the same thing. Um, what yeah, is each get that point then? She doesn't oh. get a point for that then. If, it, if it's the same answer, I think it's still one one. Put, put it up on your tactical board. We'll keep it. We'll keep it as a scoreboard. Um, what is each other's biggest pet peeve? Oh, if I burp. That's a really bad yeah, thing, I but like, like I like Lucroix a lot. Yeah. So if I if I burp or something like that, if I you know that that's one thing that she doesn't probably like a ton. Again, tough one because I probably have a million pet peeves and he has zero. So <laughs> that is a tough one. I don't know. What would you say? I got yeah. Nothing. See, exactly. He's so easygoing. He's the fun coach. So, so it, are you ready for you ready for Kelly's for this one? My fiance. Yes. Yes. Her Kelly's biggest pet peeve is when people talk a lot and don't say anything. <laughs> so if like they like talk for forever but don't actually have any like substance to what they're saying, like if someone just like talking to her and like just again just keeps going, going, going without she just she doesn't like listening to them. So that's her biggest pet peeve. So so the the, the question though is what's her biggest pet peeve about you, Nick? That's what yes, that's me? what that's what this question oh. is. What is the best pet peeve about you? Oh, that I'm horribly messy. That's for sure. It that like she doesn't I, like your she doesn't like your clothes. Yeah, no, she like certain. I mean, she hates those jeans. I guess like if I like they're 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 magically disappeared. So those jeans that she doesn't like do not. Rest I in can't peace. Find them anywhere. Rest they, in peace. They, the next they somehow jeans. disappeared. I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> um, let's see. What is each other's favorite TV show? Walking Dead. <laughs> Is that your favorite? That's one I've been hooked on forever. Walking or Survivor. Dead. Survivor by far yeah. wins. Survivor. We really like right now, uh, she really likes right now the challenge. Uh, it's an MTV show. I didn't. I was going to say, is that the MTV show? Yeah. It's like oh, all the old so real world road rules. Yeah. <laughs> so because Survivor is not on right now, because we love the, the tactical mindsets, we love the 
I don't know, the strategy. We're, we're very much a strategy type uh, couple. Uh, we play board games. We play, have you ever heard of the board game Pandemic? Oh, me and Kelly play that all the time. Best right, game ever. We can go on a tangent here really quick. Who do you, what do you think, it, what's the most useful character? Dispatcher okay. by far is one of the best ones. And Medic. I like the scientist because when you only need four cards, you can clear uh, things sooner. You can get curious sooner. But the Medic is definitely probably the most efficient and then i would say i like the scientist i like dispatcher. i think i agree with dispatcher i think dispatcher is if you have the dispatcher medic combo you're set i don't think you lose with that combo the dispatcher medic combo because then you can have the dispatcher just send the medic to i also do love the quarantine specialist because if you get in like the beginning of the game and you get like two of your three ones in black right away and you can just send the quarantine specialist yeah. just to like chill there and clean things up like that I'm big on that. The other one, it depends on the game because we've had games where um, the contingency player is super useful because we draw all those cards right in the beginning. And so you're just able to keep like drawing those cards back out. And so like that, like there's games where the contingency planner is pretty good too. But uh, yeah, and even I guess the research is good too. I like being able to just like in the beginning, if they have good cards, you can just launch their cards to everyone. It's pretty useful too. You guys are playing like insane board games and Casey and I just play Uno. It's well, the cool thing about pandemic is it's a, a cooperative game. So like you work, you have to like work tactically. Oh, that together. would be bad. That would be bad. I'm going to say, can I be honest? That kind of turned me off to the game at first. I want there to be a winner, like one winner. I will say I used to be in a board game group um, back in Chicago and we played cooperative games and I would always wait until we knew we were going to win the game. And then I would kill everybody else off just so I could be the only winner. I think that's when I knew that I might have a problem. Um, but yes. We're learning a lot. Of, we're, we just so learned a lot about Mary. I was just going to say her nickname was Merciless Mary is what all of her friends I'd say so. She would be that saboteur. Like if she could play the game where she could be the one that sabotages everyone else so that she was the lone winner, she would do that heartbeat every single time. I just like, hey, let's all win together. You know, it's it's a teamwork. You know, let's let's go compete. Let's have fun. Let's go win and everything. A uh, little bit different story there. Daniel, so you're, oh, go ahead. So you're you're that Mary. You're the one in. Uh, have you ever played Ticket to Ride? Yes. You're the one in Ticket to Ride that just like takes like random routes just to mess people up. No one knows what I'm doing, but yeah, for sure. And that's the thing, like, so ultimately back to the original question, by the way, I think since I got the dispatcher medic, right, I should get a plus three no, bonus point No, that's a little that. cool thing. That's I'm just like saying, a, yeah, I, I just, just think I should get a plus three bonus point, but back to like the TV show, Sean, um, yeah, like survivor challenge, like anything that has those like tactical strategy type yeah. games, we love those types of things because it's, it kind of has that competition and brings out the best in us. It, we, we actually play ping pong all the time. I don't know if you guys play table tennis at all, but it's, uh, I think we're up to like 187 games this year alone that we've played. Um, and we keep what's tracking. The, what's, what's the count right now? He, he, okay. He's really good. He's really good at all, all these weird things like <laughs> ping pong, tennis, like all those, all those Pickleball? random little things. Pickleball yeah. is probably my favorite sport. It is so much fun. Um, Nick, when are we hanging out? I'm just dude, saying, I feel like we need to get together. We can play trains. I mean, Mary doesn't even need to be there. We could just like we could have we could have a whole date, like a day of a date day of just like all the things. It's Liverpool, a mandate. Watch a Liverpool game in the morning, then go play some pickleball. Do you like you do you like pizza? We go pick up a pizza and then just have a great night of playing pandemic for hours together. This will be great. We're good. Sean, you can come too. We'll we'll slowly get you, we'll bring you into all this. All right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. Sean will, Sean will be at the club by himself, just hanging out. 
Uh, let's see, Daniel, what is something that always cheers Mary up when she's sad? Macaroons. I was going to say Easily. food. Macaroons. <laughs> food is a great, uh, great suggestion by far. Mary, what is Daniel's biggest fear? Oh. Getting deep. I know we are. Probably losing to me. No, um, that's a good See, question. it doesn't happen that often. That's why oh, it's probably gosh. a big fear. You know? <laughs> Ah, biggest fear. Or something he's afraid of. Oh, that, that makes it a little bit easier. Getting a little less deep. I know, I know we both don't really love spiders. That's a, yeah. that's, or snakes. Snakes are not great either. We bought a, a house that's kind of like on this like water area uh, behind us. And I will say like one of the first like months that we were living there, we, it was late at night, we got back and all of a sudden there's like this big old thing about the size of the palm of my hand that was just crawling towards the garage and mary goes i think this is a spider i think this is a massive spider and i was like if this is a spider we're moving right off the bat like, there's no <laughs> way we're ended up being a crawdad it was a big old oh gosh towards our garage and everything like that so we learned very quickly like yeah we got to be careful with some of the critters and everything that we don't love as much so by the way this is our pup he he hangs out with us all the time what's is up that pup? what kind of, or what kind of dog is it uh, he's a little bit of everything. We don't know for sure. I, we think his paperwork got doctored a little bit. We actually got him from one of our friends who couldn't take him anymore. And so we're not really sure. A little mix of everything, I think. Kind of looks like he's got a little hound in him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, Daniel, what are the three things that Mary likes most about you? Oh, mm. <laughs> only three. <laughs> we're, we're gonna keep it limited we got we got a small time frame here um i think she it'd be a whole lot easier to say the three things that she doesn't like about me They're okay let's go with that um, let's get spicy yeah no i think uh she enjoys um i'm very intentional i try to be very intentional with the people that i'm around with so when i'm with a group or with a setting like i try to be very present um with where i'm at um I think something that we both do. I do that. Well. My wife calls me center of attention. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start using intentional now as my word. It's all about how you phrase it. You know, it's all about the phrasing of it. Um, I think another thing is uh, obviously like when it comes to like just that genuine love, care, and concern for people. I think uh, she does a great job with it. But like we do truly care about people. Um, it's it's kind of like what we feel called to do is loving God and and loving the people you know that have been placed in our lives. Um, and then a third thing, I don't know, I think I just bring joy. I try to bring joy in whatever I do. I try to have fun. Um, sometimes I get on her nerves or this dog starts licking and everything. Um, but I try to just, I don't know, I try to find the positives and things. Um, probably is something that she maybe not doesn't like all the time because there are times when she's like, no, I just need you to listen. I don't need you to come up with a solution. I don't need you to be the optimistic one or something like that. But just, just listen, let me vent for a few yeah. and, and go forward. But um, I think overall, she may enjoy that about me at times. So. I, I don't know if you guys saw it. It was probably like a two, uh, probably maybe a month ago at this point. Uh, there was like a post on Twitter or Facebook that said, me and my wife decided a few years ago to ask a simple question when they started talking about something. Do you want a listener or do you want a problem solver? And they're like, that solved 50% of our arguments right there. Because like you like, they're like, yeah, if you want, do you want me to listen or you want me to be a problem solver for you right now? And like, I think that 100% hits either. That can definitely help out with those situations. I like that, yeah. Mary, what is one of Daniel's hidden talents? 
Oh, well, I feel like it is like the ping pong and stuff like that. Like he's just <laughs> really good at little games like that badminton racquetball. I mean, yeah, I would say, I would say that. I don't think people realize like how good he is at those. All right. On at the same time, say each other's parents' names. John and Laura. Oh, he did. Ooh. Oh, come on. Ooh. Is it like seven to two right now? I think the no. score. I think like, <laughs> points, so. I, I'm starting to understand why the disputes in the competition happen. There might be some scoring disparities every once in a while when you guys are working through stuff. I'm telling you, it's all integrity right here. Daniel, what is one of Mary's best childhood memories? Uh, probably going up to her grandma's cabin up in the Upper Peninsula uh, with her, her grandma, grandpa, and her parents and sisters. Like, the place is absolutely beautiful. Um, it's very remote, so no phone service or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, that, that probably – Pictured Rocks is right up there up in Munising. So that, by far, is probably one of her favorite uh, childhood memories. Is that correct, Mary? That is correct. Okay. So what's, <laughs> what's, what's, <laughs> one of, uh, what's one of Daniel's best childhood memories? Uh, it's kind of similar. I would say going fishing, fishing trips. I know they went, used to go to Michigan quite a bit, but now we actually still do this. We go for a week every summer to Chautauqua, New York, and go on a fishing trip with the family. And um, again, pretty remote being able to be out in nature, be together. So I'd say the fishing trips. Okay. At the same, at the same time, if you could bring any famous person back to life, who is it? Jesus. <laughs> I knew, I know what? I was looking at the question, and I was like, I know what he's going to answer. You should, you should have like, non- yeah, you should have definitely made a stipulation on that one. Okay, so let's go, let's go with this. Non-biblical famous person. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, because then we're going Moses. We are Noah. Right, we were just the went down the, yeah. down the list. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I, if this was a video podcast, I feel like the way Daniel said Jesus and the, the point, like, that's a meme written all over it or a gif. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Maybe that's a good thing then. Uh, oh gosh, I really don't know about this one. I don't think I've ever been asked that. It's a good question. It is a really good question. I had to go online to find it. Do, do you have a, do you, what would you guys do? I'm super curious. What would you guys do if you could bring someone back? A famous person back from the dead. Um, See, so, like, I'd have to pick someone English speaking. Like, I, There's like a lot of people that would be <laughs> awesome to bring back, but like we would not speak the same language. And so I, I like, and I don't have any skills with any other languages. So I, I'd be like, oh, it'd be pretty cool to like talk to Julius Caesar, but like we would not have a common language that we'd be able to speak. And uh, so I, uh, gosh, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going with Chris Cornell. I, uh, the, the, the famous story is that the um, last show that he performed at um, before he passed away uh, my mom was going to surprise my wife and I tickets to that show. And he's like my favorite, like my favorite singer ever. Um, and I, my mom didn't get us the tickets and then told me the day that I found out that he died from my mom. And then she brought added on, like I was buying you tickets to that show. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, like, let's just, let's just keep, I mean, is there anything else you need to tell me? Like, Kick him on, kick him while you're down. It's yeah, yeah. So I would definitely say Chris Cornell because, especially like if you could meet the person and talk with him, I just have so much like, so many music questions for him. And he, I think he's one of the best. Like, even though he's a massive mainstream artist, his covers of songs that you would never expect like a, a rock singer to do are ridiculously good. So like, I used to always joke that I wanted to have a concert, uh, 
at like my house or something where it would literally just be Chris Cornell for two hours, like playing whatever requests that people gave him. Uh, Cause I think that he would still make it sound really, really good. So that would be mine. What about you, Nick? Biggie. Notorious B.I.G. Okay. Okay. But just like, you, Cause he only got like two albums. Like imagine that guy, if he was able to like, just have but, a whole. But here's, here's where the, uh, here's where the greedy um, spoiled brat comes along is, do you feel like if you bring Biggie back, you have to bring Tupac as well? I agree. You can't have one without the other. But like, you only gave me one option. And I, I definitely like, like, I like you know me. Like, you've known me for a long time. I definitely like Biggie's like the guy that I'll like go in karaoke. So right. Um, and last last question of of the newlywed game. Um, if uh, Mary, if Daniel could be any animal, what would it be? Probably golden retriever. most people would have just been like dog but she like went straight to like breed and everything yeah i mean i don't know if that's what you want to be i guess that would be more of what i think describes him (laughs) but but, yeah and then daniel this is to see if you really pay attention what is mary's favorite song her favorite song like all time favorite song. yeah yeah it depends on like the mood and everything, and because like, no, there's a, there's only one, there's only one favorite song. I feel like I would say something along the lines of like Matt and Kim, um, where it would be. We saw them in concert, and it was an incredible concert. Have you guys ever seen them in concert perform before? They're fantastic. Super high energy. Yeah. Love it. Um, Last time I went to a concert was 2014. Toby Mac was the last concert I've been to. Oh. 2014? Yeah. We actually saw, uh, who did we see last year? Uh, they were up in, here in town. Um, <laughs> Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. Old school Smash Mouth. <laughs> yes. Awesome. They played only I like, like I only oh, know two of their songs, but like. I think they, they only had two songs. You know, what? I think they only had two songs. Like, Long I know. The Sun, All Star. They had, what? what's the third one? That I was going to say, you can't name a third. <laughs> There's Why, one out there. I can't leave you friends. Well, that wasn't their song, but like. But, well, they, they they stole a bunch of songs. They, like, didn't they sing like, I'm a believer? Yeah. yeah. Like from like the monkeys or something? That is it from was, the monkeys. What's super funny though is that it was a free show in, in the park and we we decided to go and probably about three songs in, I went to go in line to get ice cream and the line was long and all of a sudden I hear people clapping and they're like, thanks guys. Like it was fun and it was over. And we were kind of looked at each other like, wait, what? But it was hey, they played all their hits and they were done. I know that was it. Literally, didn't weren't they the ones that did like the first concert during the pandemic and it was a massive super spreader event? Wasn't it Smash Mouth? Oh, I don't know. I swear it was Smash Mouth because there was like obviously like everything was like locked down and all of a sudden Smash Mouth had a concert and then they came out and like I think it was like forty five percent of the people who attended end up getting COVID right afterwards. Oh, Everybody's man. like, "Thanks, Smash Mouth, you and your two songs." Um. So, and I, I kind of gave you guys both a heads up. Is I, I want you to do this collectively. I know Mary's going to hate this, but you need to do this collectively as a unit. If you could describe the two of you's coaching philosophy with a song, which song would it be? So this is really funny that you say that because we knew this question was coming. Um, I kind of gave him a heads up. Kind of gave us a heads up. And so I was thinking, and I will, I will be the first to admit, we are horrible with anything like favorite or pick one or whatever. Yeah, we noticed that. Yeah, have you noticed that? We're yeah. Really good at that. Um, so I was sitting there, and this is a testament to who we are. 
he was like, well, you know, I, he didn't really think about it. This much. is how I distract people at, at recruiting events was I asked this question. I told him the question and then I left. And, and they probably for the rest of the game was like, oh, what is our, what is the song that describes us? Right. And so I'm sitting here like thinking it through and I have like three different songs that like I could see fitting like our style of play philosophy. And uh, one of them actually, because I was like, well, what would you say? And one of them was the same one. So the one that we picked was Happy by Pharrell because, yeah. again, we talked about it a little bit. We love like when our players just play with that freedom and joy and just have so much fun. And some of our favorite memories are after scoring a really nice goal, like that player and that team, like jumping up together, I mean, especially overtime goals, things like that. So I think that was kind of where our mind went right away. She'll, she can listen to the other two, but that was that was the one that I, I threw out, and she was like, "That's actually it. one of the three that I had." I was like, "Right, there you go." Because what were your other two? Oh, one of them was <laughs> "Come Together" by Matt and Kim, because that's one thing. Again, we really describe our style of play and system as like collective and so right. coming together. And then "Hold Me Back" by KB, because I okay. feel like I it's you know it's just a good pump up music, pump up song, and like sometimes I feel like that's with our team, like. They're ready to go. They just want to go. So, so I just got into KB probably, i say within the last like four or five months. And so I have not listened to like some of his older stuff. I've listened to like most of the stuff that's just on the radio now. So if you've listened to him for a while, you have to answer this for me because I did some research. And it apparently like now he's got like long dreads. And supposedly the thing is when he started and he had like significantly shorter hair, his music wasn't that good. But as the dreads grew, his music got significantly better. So can you confirm or deny that? I cannot confirm or deny. I'm kind of in the this same like boat. Samson like Samson right think, now. I know. <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat. I just started listening to him a few within the past few months. So that would be interesting to, to research though. Because like some of the songs that comes on, like my wife's like, ah, uh, like that one's catchy. And then some of she's like, yeah, that one's not doing it. And because like a lot of the stuff recently is like taking like older gospel songs and like hip hop it. Uh, and like some of I'm like, oh, like this is hard. And then my wife's like, yeah, that's, that's not working. So I, like I said, I did my research and like, there are plenty of websites that be like, hey, like, he wasn't good to his dreads grew out longer. So um, if you can if you can confirm that for us at some point, uh, we'll do a special special report update um, on on KB. So obviously, you know, people have heard this. They're they're probably intrigued by your story. Um, you know, in soccer chat, it's a big community where coaches just reach out and then chat with each other. Uh, you know, Daniel, you, you check in every now and then on, on the Wednesday night chats. Um, how can people get in contact with you if, you know, maybe they got a question about your program or maybe they too are like a faith-based coach um, and, and, you know, try to figure out how to incorporate that and in what they do. Uh, but what's kind of the easiest way in ways that people can get a hold of you? Yeah, I, I would say the easiest way, um, you know, social media is always an easy way. Uh, DM, that's actually how we started chatting a little bit. You yes, know? sir. So I'm at uh, Seep7. Um, she's at uh, MCK Seepert. Yeah. So it's both on the on the website as well. If you go to Indiana Wesleyan, we have Instagram, um, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, not quite fully into the TikTok yet. We're working our <laughs> our way into Dude, there. Dude, when Daniel starts breaking out some of the challenge dance challenges on there, Mary, please send it my way. Oh, I will <laughs> for sure. So and but, next uh, next yeah. time next time I'm I'm with you guys, Dan, we'll do a duet. You you will be Dan in a dance video. Like Daniel, Daniel ain't happening. It's gonna be Dan. Uh, these recruiting trips are making me more and more nervous mm-hmm. as I. Why? Because that's upsetting. Well, he you guys can go on the side, and I'll just watch all the games. But um, well, no, we'll our- pull you into it. You will be like you. You won't be able to get it that way. Oh. Um, well, and then our soccer, uh, our program, we have uh, a really good social media presence. We have a really awesome media director, um, and so it's IWU. 
W Soccer um, across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, as I as I referred to uh, you guys to Nick when I was talking about the show is Los Seiferts, um, trying to get a little uh, a little Hispanic in it. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on and chatting with us. And uh, you know, from everybody at Soccer Chat, we want to wish you all the best of luck. And let's do this again soon. Almost like a uh, you know, every now and then like people renew their vows like every however many often years. Instead of waiting those many years, let's do this again and see like who the ping pong battle winner was overall and 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 all that. And then eventually, I think at some point, we do have to do a uh, we'll have Nick versus Daniel in a board game match. Um, and then winner gets to take on Mary because apparently she's the best. Yeah, no, that works. But I think we should all get together and play Pandemic and yes. and live stream the Pandemic version where we're all oh, on the same team. You guys, you guys are you guys do not understand the, my lack of intelligence. And <laughs> it's okay. The nice thing about Pandemic is like we can help you with your decisions. Like we, you don't have to like solely decide by yourself. But see, here's the thing. I got, I got. That's where I, it wouldn't help in a game because I don't want y'all to make my decisions for me. I, I'm a grown man now. That's why I be telling my wife. I got. Hey, your boy's about to be 37 years old. I can make some decisions. Uh, so we just offer advice when you're making the wrong ones. Advice, air quotes. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll I'll take that. Mary, Daniel, Daniel. You guys are so cute. Thanks for coming on with us. Thank you. We for really appreciate. Us. It. Yeah, thanks for the time and giving just coaches a voice. I think you guys are doing a, a terrific job. Really proud of uh, just just the way that you get other people's messages out there and just again sharing other people's stories. You guys have great hearts and just are thankful for everything that you guys do. So thank you. He said proud like he's like he's the good dad. Oh my so god. Nice. <laughs>I mean, again, like we—it's very rare that you meet two people that just genuinely make you feel so good about yourself. And I—I I feel like Danny and Mary, like they just both—I don't know about you, but like the entire time, they just have both like the most authentic smiles of all time. They have these huge smiles that, like, I feel like every time we were, like throughout this interview, like I just felt like a better, like it just made me feel better every second that we were interviewing them. People, some people have like this. Uh, I'm going to use a steel phrase from Chappelle's show when he was talking about Rick James, um, having this like, or Prince, I'm sorry, talking about people have an aura about them. And the aura that I got the first time I met Mary, which I know the movie is there's something about Mary, but the first time I met Mary probably should be a movie. Uh, maybe it's a prequel to that one. Um, I, I, I could feel that aura. And then the first time I met, Daniel, um, which was just a couple weeks ago, actually, like I had seen him on, on Twitter, but I just finally got to meet him a couple weeks ago. Um, and I got the same aura and I was just like, wow, like we got to get these two on the show. Um, which I had told Mary when I, when I met her back, uh, late fall, I was like, Hey, like, we want to get you and your husband on the show. And she was like, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. But it's almost, I was kind of joking with Daniel. Like it was almost like, uh, the big brother whose whose sister brings home the boyfriend, you kind of gotta you gotta feel a little little bit, you know, see see what the dude's really like. So I joked with him that like me meeting him at a showcase a couple weeks ago was like the big brother, like making sure their sister's boyfriend was okay. Um, even though like I'm not even that close with Mary to be able to say that, but like they both laughed about it and thought it was funny. And then once I told him that you were a Liverpool fan, he like instantly agreed to do the show. So <laughs> I don't know if that show would have happened without you and your fandom of Liverpool. I mean, it's, it's the least I can do. 
to contribute to the show. I don't do a lot, but being a Liverpool fan, if that's a sacrifice I have to make, I, I can make that sacrifice. I think a fun video, and, and we definitely, I, just because we live literally now because Nick moved, we live like on almost opposite sides of the country. Like I always want to do like a lot of video ideas, but I'm just like, well, crap, like Nick lives like two days away from me. Um, and I want to like, I, I want to film you and Daniel on a mandate just like hanging out and doing, I can't, I don't even say man stuff. Cause I feel like you and Daniel have like these things that you two both do. And I just think it would be fun to, to film and watch. Um, and uh, I, I gave you a shout out earlier. Cause I was thinking um, Sean Danhauser has some soccer board game that he's giving away. I did see that. I, I and I was like, Oh, this looks like before. it's right up Daniel and Nick's alley. I'd never seen that board game before. I'm very curious about it. Cause he said there's like, cause all it shows is like the field and he's like, there's goals for it. And there's players that come with it. And I'm like, well, where do you put the players at? Um, but here's Sean Danhauser listens to the show. And there's a lot of people say, listen to the show. And I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. So I've set on, I, I responded to Sean Danhauser's post of this, this board game saying, this is right up Nick Rizzo's alley. And he responds. I'm sure his dad would stop by to pick it up but only if he shows up shirtless. <laughs> I was like, you get the show, my friend. You, you understand us. You are, you are a loyal, loyal follower. So would Bill Rizzo show up to pick this board game up shirtless? I, I mean, probably. I mean, yes. my dad would do. My dad is like the most ride or die person I think I've ever met. Like he, <laughs> like, he legit, like, like he's that person that you can call like, hey, I need you to do this. No questions asked. And he would do it. No questions asked. Like, like, be like, Hey dad, I can't tell you why you can't ask me about it, but I need you to go to this location and pick up this board game for me. No questions asked. And he would do it. Like he's so but right. I forgot the part like, about no shirt. Yeah. <laughs> have you, yeah, have you informed him that like, he's just rider. My dad is so right or die. It's have, have you informed him that he and I are going to be shirtless at your wedding yet? I have not yet, but he is wearing cowboy boots because of the uh, get out of here. I swear to God, because um, Kelly's dad is obviously a farmer and like immediately and he, like when we got engaged, it's like, well, like I want to wear cowboy boots. So I was like, I don't care what the hell you wear the way. <laughs> yes, Bill. <laughs> and so oh my gosh. He, Larry, Kelly's dad is convinced my dad to wear they they have they already have them. They have matching cowboy boots to the wedding. Are they going to wear bolo ties? I do not know this. Again, I'm very uninformed with everything else. Just I know the I know for sure they're wearing cowboy boots. The, would a bolo yeah. tie would a bolo tie be looked down upon at your wedding? I I don't know. I mean, I'm like literally like I asked Kelly if I could wear a hoodie to our wedding, so I'm very unconcerned with the attire that is worn to the wedding. Do you know what a bolo tie is? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so I was wondering because like when I, I, I mentioned a couple of times and the way you responded, I was like, I don't think he knows what one is. So do you remember, uh, it was kind of like a, a Western thing or it's kind of like a, a, a country type thing. Uh, it's like a piece of leather that there's like a big medallion that uh, goes through the, the piece of metal and you like pull it up and there's like two strings that hang from the uh, I'm as I'm going to, as I'm describing this, I'm going to pull one up and show you. Cause I, I know that you you've seen them. Cause a lot of people don't know the actual name of them. Um, I mean, I've watched old Western movies. So like, I feel like I would know what you're talking about. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh yeah. Here we go. Here we go. 
And I know people are listening to this like, oh, we can't see it. That's okay. Well, now you need to Google it. Yes. Uh, let me pull this up for you, Nick, because I want the people, I want people to hear your actual reaction when you see this. Uh, you see oh. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, like I would be okay with it, but there is a no way that Kelly would be okay with it. I, again, we're not saying that you have to wear this. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying just talking about her dad. There's up. no way she would let her dad wear this. Um, I feel like that one of these bolo ties would be like Bill Rizzo just like all over this. He's down for like almost every attire. He just doesn't like hats. He does not, he, he's not a hat person. Can he rock this like big one with a gold state of Texas on it? I mean, he has no affiliation to Texas at all, but sure. And speaking of Texas, man, y- y- y'all keep your mask on like for real. <laughs> like They're uh, they going to be the test for everyone else in the country because if this goes well, everyone's doing it and if it goes poorly everyone's gonna be like yeah no that was a terrible idea in the first i saw them and mississippi mississippi announced today they are ending maskless and like i i don't know what to say i don't it's either going to go well and everyone in the country is going to do it or it's going to go horribly wrong and everyone's gonna be like you guys are idiots we we knew this was going to happen. And speaking of of states doing things, this kind of I, I wanted to hit on this at the beginning, but I I was in the such dilemma of figuring out what I'm going to wear on Friday. As, so the way I was about that, envision me on a date, like getting ready for a first date with somebody. Okay. The exact same thing, like oh my god, what am I going to wear? And then I end up going with what you said, like honestly thinking back of like old Sean going on dates. It was, you know what? I'm just going to be comfortable. I don't care what I wear. And for the most part, I felt like it would go really, really well. Um, so speaking of what you just brought up, um, I kind of put in in our group text uh, of our friends, and I, I, I said it to uh, some some soccer chat coaches as well. Uh, the state of Kentucky, and I, I'm wondering if they're going to set a trend with this. And I actually, as we discussed, as I heard about a couple other states that actually do this already. Um, but the state of Kentucky just signed a bill to allow this year's senior class to come back next year for a fifth year. Now, I know what you're saying to yourself, like, oh my gosh, who would do that? What classes would they take? I thought the same thing. And originally I was told they could take college credit classes. But now what I'm understanding is the bill says that they can go back and retake classes that they want to improve their scores on or improve their grades on. So Nick, with all that being said, would you, let's go back to senior year of high school, Nick, and let's say maybe the pandemic happened during that. Would you come back for a fifth year of high school? And not that I didn't like high school. Like, I I mean, I I actually like I I liked going to high school, but I by the time I was 18, I was just or I I guess the tech do I always forget, do you turn 18 your freshman year of college? Um, I turned 18 going the summer going into my freshman year. I so I had a late birthday. Are you like like young for your age? I'm young for my age. I started school a year early. Okay. So I don't know. I think by the time I was 18, I was just ready to be out of my house. Right. So I don't think I would come back for a fifth year of high school. And isn't like, isn't it, you can't be over 18 to play high school sports. I don't know the rules for that. So I want to I want to say it's 18 or maybe it's 19. So could you imagine being 19 years old, graduating high school, be like, yeah, I'm going to come back. And then you come back and you can't play because you're too old. Yeah, that'd be awful. I mean, like, I literally, like, the only reason I think you would stay in high school is to go to play sports. Like, why would you just go to more high school? 
<laughs> so I, I, I had, I put this at this question out to a lot of people and I asked my own team and every single one of them was like, no, like now if the, I did have one that said like, if I could only go back and just play sports and not go to class, like I would do that. I would do um, that right now. If it was an option for college, like for sure, <laughs> I would like I'm way too old and not good enough to play college sports, but I would for sure, if it was an option to do what my players are currently doing, I would totally do it. Um, and then, uh, I had many of players who said you couldn't pay me to go back to high school for another <laughs> year. Um, and then I asked, I actually asked some teachers and I was like, Hey, like, what do you think? And logistically it's just, it's a nightmare because from what I get, the teachers kind of, the teachers that I talked to had kind of heard like a rumor that, Oh, Hey, this bill might get like introduced, but everybody thought, oh, like, there's no way it's going to pass. Like, no one really ever talked about it. And then it, like, unanimously got passed. Um, and so now people are like, I had a friend, you know, she coaches a, a few of the athletic teams at her very, very small high school. And she was like, so what if I have a kid that stays and they don't make the team? I was like, that's a, that's a very valid point. Like, what do you do if you were that kid that you're coming back and all of a sudden there's not a spot for you on the team? Um sorry about your luck. Like, I mean, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. And then, so I, I saw that like our golf coach posted it and I think I, I think I posted it last night too. Um, and some of the responses I got, you know, I just don't know. I just don't know of any kids that would be like, yeah, I'm coming back for one more year of high school. Cause I feel like, I feel like when you're back in high school for that fifth year, I feel like you're going to be labeled as like that person. Like, you're that fifth year senior. I mean, it was always like the same thing when you had like the college guys coming back for high school dances with like some of the girls who'd be like, yeah, you're yeah, like, you're yeah. And kind of like the people who are 23 at the bars, like, are yeah. you still young enough to be with that 21 crowd or are you too old? Um, I just feel like, so somebody was telling me, I think I read in, in the, the responses to my tweet, somebody mentioned that um, I think North Carolina already does this. Um, where fifth seniors can go back for a fifth year. Um, and I believe it's to like maybe take college courses, like instead of doing like a community college route or whatever, you could just stay at your high school and do it, which like, if I'm going to take college classes after I graduate high school, I'm probably going to go to a college and do it. Um, but I don't know. It's just really interesting. And so far I've not heard not one person I've talked to has been like, yeah, I totally would come back. Yeah. And um, I know of kids I've talked to just in the last 24 hours since the bills come out that have said like, they're afraid their coaches, their high school coaches are going to reach out to them back. Hey, like you should come back for another year. And if I'm a high school coach, I don't know if I don't know how you can make that call. I agree. Like even maybe if you do it in a joking manner, which even then, I don't know if I'd even want to try to joke about it. There's no way in the world I would call players right now. And be like, hey, you need to come back for a fifth year of high school. Yeah, no. Especially in a place like Kentucky. And I don't know what like I don't know the like the full rules of, of soccer in Illinois. So in Kentucky, seventh and eighth graders can play on JV sports as long as there are no juniors on the field. So like contact sports so like football and soccer, as long as there are no juniors on the field for JV seventh and eighth graders can play. So like, if you're playing a JV game, you basically have to ask their team, like, Hey, do you have juniors? Cause we have 
seventh and eighth graders on our team. Interesting. Um, and then if they do, like one of you has to decide who's not going to play. Um, so that makes me think of, okay, well, let's say a school, let's say a smaller school, like a bunch of those seniors come back. Well, you have this X amount of players who were sophomores who were going to move up, but now because those seniors are staying, those sophomores now become juniors. They're playing JV again, and they're playing against a school that has seventh and eighth graders on their team. And now one of them is not going to have to play. I feel like yeah. it's just like a, it, it's very similar, I think, to the whole college extra year of eligibility. Everybody thought, oh, this is blah, 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 blah. I don't think many kids are going to take that up on, on its offer. Uh, yeah, I think it depends on the kid and the level. I think like power fives will just because like it's an opportunity for them, like for certain people to get an extra look. Yeah, but um, haven't you, like we've had friends in power fives who have been like, yeah, like we can't pull it off because we already have kids who are coming in. I, but like you look at the ones that we're talking to, like the ones that we're talking to are trying to build a program as opposed to the ones that are trying to win a conference title. Right. Like, so I think that that's a distinction that like we can make like the ones that we know well that I think have said that are the ones that are like, yeah, our freshmen are better than our seniors and we, right. need, we need to get rid of them. Whereas, well, like, like, I was like talking basketball with somebody the other day and they were like, obviously we were talking about Duke basketball and they're like, oh, you know, I think, you know, Jordan Goldwire should stay for his fifth year. And I'm like, why? Because there's going to be freshmen and sophomore that are coming in who are there, who are there's freshmen who are coming in to replace him and take his scholarship. Like, why would he stay? Yeah. Like, another year of like, granted, he played a little bit this year, but like he's definitely, he definitely wouldn't play much next year. So like, what is it worth him? And obviously the school probably doesn't have. So like, you know, the thing too, of like, well, there's not enough scholarships, which I totally agree with. And somebody tried telling me, oh, well, you know, schools will find money for those people. Well, not if they don't have it. Like they've already spent that money on kids who are incoming. Correct. Um, it's just you such a. You can't just conjure it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I said this from the beginning when NCAA announced that the only people who I thought would take them up on that offer was baseball players. Yeah. I mean, that one makes sense. I, I again, I think the, the schools that have good seniors that are contributors that they need to stick around will have them stick around. But I mean, we have zero. I mean, even for division three, we have all of our seniors are going on to grad school. Like we have zero. Right. Same here. Same here. Um, so yeah, just interesting times in the world of sports, uh, specifically here in the Midwest. But, uh, the cool thing is that we all are, are hanging in and we're still going to make through all of this together. Uh, and, uh, I am impatiently waiting. Uh, I will say like to get my vaccine shot, I'm super pumped to get it at some point. Don't know when, but I'm excited about it. Uh, everyone who knows me knows I absolutely freaking hate needles. And I like Quinn has to hold my hand getting the flu shot. Sometimes I cry and I thought about it. I think when I am eligible to get the vaccine, Nick, just for you and the people who don't believe that I hate needles, I'm going to film it if the uh, medical people will allow me. And you all will see just how like hey, I want to prove that I'm getting the vaccine and show like, hey, like I'm not going to like fall over just from getting it, which I might based off the needle. But I also am going to prove like I don't like getting shots. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like you're uh, like, I mean, I don't know what your hospitals are like, but Kelly's hospital definitely allows pictures and film like for people getting it. So nice. I'll set the tripod up like, yo, it's your boy about to get that vaccine. You know what I'm saying? And then as soon as they pull the needle out, 
So they pulled Nina up like, oh my God. You're the person that gives Kelly nightmares because she like Kelly does not like to be the center of attention if if you haven't figured that out at all. And that's why her and Casey get along so well. Yep. (laughs) For sure, for sure. And she's had to be in a significant amount of pictures over the last little bit and she she's ready to not be in pictures anymore well here's the thing you can tell her and you can tell her i said this because we know she's not listening um she's a hero and people want their picture with heroes so toughen up kelly (laughs) like you're a hero deal with it i know it just like just like celebrities say like i didn't ask to be a celebrity it just happened she probably didn't ask to be a hero but it is happening and she's got to accept the terms and conditions that comes along with the contract of being a hero she will, she will 100% appreciate that. Well, you can tell her I said that because like I said, Lord knows she's not going to listen to us. Um, well, maybe you could play it for her, but Kayla, Kelly, like you need to listen to Sean's like praise of you. Oh, she, she definitely listens to the show. Okay. Well, then she heard that. Uh, and since you're still listening, Kelly, let Nick and I wear a bolo tie at the uh, reception. <laughs> um, man, soccer chat's been amazing. Every single Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m., Eastern time. I almost said central Eastern time. Uh, just by following the hashtag soccer chat, just lots of great coaches from all around the country, all around the world, various levels, uh, just sharing ideas, networking, super incredible stuff. Oh, big shout to our friends at um, the Nebraska state soccer association. Nick and I did a uh, dope little uh, virtual session with them. Uh, and what people don't know, it's like we, as we, we talked about on the show, like Nick and I followed uh, Vince Gansberg and during Vince's presentation, uh, he was direct messaging me and I was just putting him over like crazy. It just kept being like, how, like, how are we supposed to follow this? And, you know, it should be us opening up for you and just like constantly turning on him. And he was just the coolest dude. It was like, man, Sean, like you and Nick, you guys got this. Like, this is, this is your guys' shine. Like, I'm just here like to just be a part of it. And I was like, dang Vince, like, that's crazy, man. And then somehow tried to turn it back to put it up, put him over. And he went back and put us over and I couldn't like win the battle of putting over. Uh, so I just was like, you know what? Vince Gainsbourg is putting us over and we have to start in like three minutes. I'm, I'm taking this, this dub and I'm running with it. So uh, big shots to Vince Gainsbourg, but even bigger shots to Jeremy Tosea um, and everybody at new Nebraska, Nebraska, Nebraska uh, state soccer for inviting us. And, and hopefully we can do it. Uh, they ask us to come up again and we can do it in person. Uh, once, once this all madness is said and done, uh, podcast every single Thursday. Uh, and as well, like we said, soccer chat every single Wednesday night, 9 30 P 9 30 PM Eastern time. Uh, Nick, if somebody is wanting to get a hold of you, they're listening to this and they want to know more possibly about the, the, um, I already said possibility, so I don't know where the word to use, but like the chances of a bolo tie reception, how can they get a hold of you? At Coach and Rizzo. What about you, brother? And mine is at Coach Soderling. Big shout out to some people. Uh, uh, Josh Burton, who's a big soccer chat guy, uh, was talking about um, uh, some people have been making a burner account, like trying to come after his team. And I was like, dude, when I coached high school, uh, somebody made a Twitter account using my actual name, using the same profile picture, the same bio, the same header. And for two months without me knowing was like talking to friends and family and my players and tweeting stuff that probably should have got me fired. And he was like, wow. I was like, yeah, man, high school soccer. It's that serious. Um, so like shout out to the, to, to the real at coach Sardin, you know what I'm saying? But he, then I followed it up with like when the police got involved in this whole mess, 
their response to Twitter was like, you need to either verify our boy or you need to give him the access to this account because we can prove he's the only Sean Soderling in the world. And Twitter was like, send us a copy of his driver's license. We had to do that three times. I didn't get the account and they didn't verify me. And Josh Burt was like, yo, Twitter verified y'all. Oh, my boy. I was like, yeah, let's bring it back. Get Nick Rizzo verified because he's got like 5,400 followers who are all coming to his wedding. Your boy's kicking it at like 2,500. Get us verified, son. Twitter, I know y'all listening. Yeah, just do this track, Marcus. Come on. We've earned it. Yes, yes, yes. The trauma, as uh, as Jeremy Handler said, the trauma that I endured through that, like, I deserve a blue check mark. Um, so, uh, yeah, Twitter, get on that. Man, Soccer Chat, you know, talking just about the Twitter chat, talking about this podcast, it's the people that we talk about. Just like Daniel and Mary, who were on here, uh, you know, the other people who, who we have on on Wednesday nights on the chat, y'all are just what makes this what it is. You listen every single week. We don't know why, but we're glad you did. And uh, we're glad that you, that you do as well. But the best part about Soccer Chat is that we get to do it all over again next week. This is your mom's favorite part. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick, we'll catch you later. Catch you later, brother.